Good day, everyone. This is Joey Hernandez, and you are listening to An Older Gay Guy Show. And I want to thank you so much for tuning into my little show here. Well, I do think it's time to wrap up the 2022 sweeps period, although I do still have some episodes that I did not get into the sweeps, but I will still be putting them out in the next few weeks. Today is another Storytime episode pulled from the now-defunct Joey After Dark podcast. This story comes from my time as a funeral director and embalmer down on Cape Cod, where I will admit to sometimes managing to get myself in a wee bit of trouble. Now, while nothing illegal occurs in this particular story, I did manage to get myself into a rather unusual situation, one I think that you will enjoy hearing all about. So this story is R-rated, meaning it's not safe for work, and maybe wherever you do listen to it, maybe listen via headphones so as not to freak out people near you. I do still have a few more stories that are very similar to this, and I will sprinkle them throughout the remainder of 2022 and into 2023. I will be back at the end of this episode with an important wrap-up. But gentlemen, without any further ado, I give you Midnight Skinny Dipping. This podcast is a proud member of the Pride 48 Podcasting Network. Check out more great shows at pride48.com. Skinny Dipping in a Cemetery Pond. Picture it, my friends, the town of Harwich on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, 1980. Now, this was when I first moved down to the funeral home that I worked in when I was down on the Cape. I actually moved down there twice, and I'll get to that someday. But I moved down there right after I finished my funeral directing slash embalmer college And I went down there to do my apprenticeship and then to become a regular funeral director. I moved down to the Cape not knowing anybody at all. It was kind of like a fresh start for me, although it probably didn't work out that way as well as I thought it would. At first, it was cool. I tended to spend my time more with the owner of the funeral home's stepson who was finishing high school. But that was limited because I always had to keep a professional demeanor, especially since whatever we did was talked about to the owner's family. So we did normal stuff like swimming in a large nearby pond that had a small sandy beach and an extended dock and platform that you could do some decent dives from. I really liked the diving aspect of that, so I spent most of the time when he and I were there practicing diving. We went there mostly at night when no one was around. It was about a three-minute drive from the funeral home, so it was really quite close. But he had his own friends anyway, and he was already interviewing at colleges, so after a while, we didn't get to hang together much. So I had first moved down there in August. 
that was right when I finished funeral director college. I was already hired by the funeral home. So I went down there and I hung with the owner's son a little bit during the summer there. But I was lonely by late summer and I started hanging around with the townies, which, you know, if you've never heard that term, it means just local people, you know, that are from there. They tend not to do the things that the tourists do. They work regular jobs. A lot of them lived down there their entire lives. So I was hanging with a group of mostly guys that hung out on the streets drinking and smoking cigarettes and smoking weed which I was not really doing at the time. And they were sometimes getting into trouble, which, again, <laughs> was not me at the time. I had to keep thinking that, you know, I'm this funeral director, and I'm getting to know all these people because I have to go to all the churches, services, and everything. And I really got to know the town very quickly, so I didn't want people gossiping too much about it. But five or six of us started getting the idea to head out <laughs> into the cemetery that's behind the funeral home. Now, this is a very small little cemetery. I've described it in the episode where I have uh, the personification of Chin Chin. I described that cemetery. It was very small, little dirt roads and paths, not that many graves of couple hundred, I guess. They were trying to expand the cemetery at the time. And so I would walk up the road from the funeral home, and literally I was in the cemetery two minutes later. And often when there were like really bright moons out, I loved just to go and to walk around the cemetery. And it was just really, it was just really cool. But the guys knew the town better than me, and they said that there was a pond that we could swim at. We just had to hike a few minutes to get to the pond. The name of the cemetery was Island Pond Cemetery, and the pond we were hiking to was Island Pond, which ended up being part of the land that they expanded the cemetery out into. I think they ended up prettying up that pond. And it was not exactly known as a swimming pond because it had no beach and weeds had grown up all around it. And someone, I guess some of those guys, maybe, I don't know, had cut a path and stomped down all the weeds continually to the point where we could get to the water. But it was like murky water. It was, as an adult, I look back kind of horrified that I would actually swim in this pond. But anyway, so we would only go there at night. And again, we'd only go there when there's like a full moon. So there was enough light going on. We, we didn't do like flashlights. We wanted just bright moonlight when we swam. Now, I can't remember any of the names of the guys or the names of the girls that unfortunately came along one time. But the girls were prudes and they insisted that the guys wear shorts or bathing suits when we swam. So we ditched the girls the next time, much to my happiness, because I had no interest in them being there and I thought they inhibited the fun, if anything. So 
we considered it just a guy thing to do together after that. So the guys and I were happier just being bare-assed together. And on the few occasions when a swim was planned on one of those bright moonlit nights and it happened to fall on one of my off weekends from the funeral home, that's when I would drink with them and kind of get shit-faced. And I did smoke some weed back then. The thing was that if I was on call, that meant even if I was in the pond and I was bare-assed and it was the middle of the night, if my pager went off because somebody died, I immediately had to go and get dressed and go get the body. So I only would drink and smoke on my off weekends. So one of the times I was high as a motherfucker for that night swim. And dude, let me tell you, don't ever go swimming when you're drunk or stoned. It really is a stupid ass thing to do. And as I look back on it, you know, here I am (laughs) drinking and smoking weed in this murky pond but with these guys that were all naked. So it was a turn on at the same time. I was a little nervous, but the more I smoked and drank, the less I cared really, you know. As for the other guys, there were so many that would come and go. I really didn't know their names much. I got to know a couple of them more than the others. But to be honest with you, I still can't recall their names and I don't have any notes about that. So I'm doing this story based on memory. Although the antics the guys and I would do at the pond is still very clear, just not really who were doing it. They were townies. And back in 1980, that meant long hair, kind of scuzzy, what you might call white trash these days. They had various kinds of facial hair, mostly clean shaven, or just a light sprout of hair that was on their chin or something. It wasn't like people had full beards or a mustache. I think there were a couple guys that went once or twice that had full beards, but being in their late teens into the early 20s, even the people that supposedly had full beards really didn't have full beards. We're talking 19, 20, 21 year old guys. I was the oldest at 22 years old, and it seems like. <laughs> God, why? This is my life. It seems that I was always the oldest during my younger drinking and drugging days and hanging out with guys. I was always the oldest one. And doesn't it figure that my husband is younger than me? I guess that's the way it goes. So there were a couple of jock guys. But the thing is, in 1980, the gym craze hadn't taken off yet. That was more like... I don't know, a mid-80s to late-80s, these jock guys were Horowitz football jocks who maybe lifted a little bit in the weight room at high school, but they were not overly muscled. They were the only ones that had short hair, well, them and me, actually, and they had more of a military crew cut. And local townies tended not to be very tanned because they worked. They didn't hang out on the beach all day like the tourists do. They worked some job day or night. That was their living. That's how they lived year-round. 
and their tans were uneven at best. Some even had what's called a farmer's tan. And what that means is they wear t-shirts during the day, right? So where a t-shirt stops on your upper arm, the rest of your arm gets tanned. And around the neck of the t-shirt, front and back gets tanned as well as your face. So when you take off that t-shirt after you've been out in the sun for a long time, you have a lily white body and then you have this sunburnt slash tanned look around the rest of the body. And as weird as that is, and as much as guys hated that happening, I really liked the lily white skin in the moonlight juxtaposed with the tan that they had. It was really quite erotic. I really liked that. I also was white as white (laughs) in the moonlight swimming. So I really tried not to be a troublemaker in any way because I always had to think about my reputation as a funeral director. So on those few weekends that I had off, that I was totally off from the funeral home, no pager, nothing. (laughs) I made up for lost time. Unfortunately, that meant when I drank, I got really, really shit-faced. And when I smoked weed, I got really, really high. We tried to hook up a swing rope on a tree. So there were a few rounds of us using it where we'd barrassed, get on this rope that had a knot at the bottom, and we'd swing out over the water and let go and splash into the water, our dick and balls flopping around. But (laughs) then someone who was too heavy broke the branch off the tree. And that was kind of almost a bad accident because the limb of the tree was heavy enough that he sank underneath the water with the tree branch on top of him. So several of us plowed into the water to help him. So (laughs) here we were, all these naked, very white guys and a few darker Cape Verdean dudes from the Cape. Our dicks flopping as we pulled him out from under the tree branch. He wasn't really pinned. He was more disoriented because of the drinking and the smoking. So he didn't really know where he was. And uh, one of the guys said, under the water, you dumb fuck. (laughs) It could have been a very bad situation, but it ended up really being nothing. He was fine and jumping back into the water five minutes later. So there wasn't any way to rig up another rope swing. To be honest with you, based on what we were doing, that was probably the best that we couldn't do it again. But the few times we used it, some of the guys were complaining that the rope knot that you kind of sat on mostly as you swung out was too rough on their nut sacks. Back then in 1980, nobody shaved or trimmed their pubic hair. So the hair of your balls could sometimes kind of get pinched in the rope knot. I thought it was wicked funny when one of the guys said he heard his nuts from the rope and then spent the next half hour mindlessly rubbing his balls. It was quite 
the enjoyable situation for me. He didn't give a fuck who made fun of him because we were all joking and saying, hey, you, you know, you're fucking whacking off or what you doing? He kept adjusting his balls. That guy that cut his sack a tiny, tiny bit, he went on like they were half cut off of his body. He just complained all the time about it. As I was the one who had some training, and that's mostly dead people kind of medical training, but you know, I kind of knew the body. And I knew we had a few first aid kits back at the funeral home. And I said, if he was still thinking it was a problem, I'd see if I could give him something to help. That thought was both kind of uncomfortable that he was going to come back into the funeral home, yet at the same time kind of exciting because he cut his nuts and he'd have to do something about that. And this dude was over 18 or I never would have suggested he come back. So about an hour later, he and I were back at the funeral home. It was really late, like really late, probably close to 4 a.m. And I had mentioned to him a few times while we were still at the pond that I didn't have any medical training if he died while he was there, well, <laughs> then I knew what to do. But since he's living, I didn't really see what benefit to him it would be for me to examine his nutsack. He asked if I could put something on his balls to make sure it didn't get infected. I told him I could give him some antibiotic cream like a bacitracin or something like that, but he really should go to a doctor and have it looked at properly. He said he would. So I handed him the bacitracin tracing thingy and he said he couldn't really put it on himself since he can't see where the cut is he can feel that there's a cut somewhere but he can't see it again hairy balls and fucked up <laughs> he was fucked up i was fucked up so he asked me to put it on for him so was he serious he looked very serious and kind of a bit helpless so me being me, me being the kind helper that I am, I said I would. So he sat in a chair and I got down on the floor and used a flashlight that I had in the embalming room. To be honest, the guy kind of stunk like dirty pond water. It was really a nauseating smell. And I'm used to nauseating smells because I work embalming people. I remember it from my summers up in Maine, kind of mossy kind of smell. I realized then that I probably smelled the same way. I just couldn't smell it on myself. So I, uh, there I was rubbing the cream on his nuts. And I guess that should have been sexually exciting for me. Looking back as I think about it, it's quite sexy to me. But I had this weird feeling like he was really looking to me to help him out so I didn't get my dick stirring or anything. As for him, he laughed and said to pardon if his dick got a semi, which it didn't really. But he had a nicely toned body, dirty blonde hair on his head, a little bit across his chest, and some nice curly blondish hair around his dick and balls overall it was a good experience so he i guess went to a doctor or something he was fine obviously and we continued that skinny dipping through that summer the end of the summer into like september 
And then I moved back to Boston from the funeral home. It just wasn't working out for me because I was really lonely. And uh, I didn't really hang out in the gay bars that are down there at the time. I ended up going back down, but I will tell you that story another time. But let me tell you a little something about the stories that I tell. I get messages quite often about the fact that when I tell my stories, like the jocks in the steam room one, when I tell those stories, I'm telling you honestly really what happened. Granted, I'm working off of some notes the way I wrote it in my journals, and so I do fill in things, you know, but they are true stories. And none of them, none of them ended up with me having sex with people. I did have sex with people, but that was something completely separate. And I don't really want to tell you those stories because they're not really all that interesting. You know, you get together, you kiss, you suck, suck, you fuck, fuck, boom. It's just not really a story. So a lot of guys say that my stories are like teasers and you don't get a payoff. You know, you don't get us sucking and fucking at the end. But that's not reality. And that's not even what I find to be erotic. I find the the lead up kind of thing to be erotic. So my stories, if you're looking for something that's going to end up in a bang bang, it's not probably going to happen in these stories. And I hope that's okay, because I find the circumstances that did happen to be very erotic. I am sorry, folks. You know, when I found this file and I was putting it back together for the show, I did work really hard on the sound, and I really thought that I got it quite good. So when I put the show together for me to send to all the podcast applications, when I listened back to it, that story did not have good sound. And I am sorry. I've upgraded my equipment since I first recorded that. So... That's why I sound better now than I did in that story. But let me mention to you that coming up next will be an episode where I answer some questions and myths regarding funeral directing and embalming in the conclusion of my I See Dead People series. I've received a good number of questions since the inception of this series, And I'll be answering many of those in this conclusion of the four-part series. However, if you might still have a question that you wish to ask me about anything to do with funerals, please feel free to hit me up with an email at anoldergayguyshow at gmail.com. Ask anything. No question is out of bounds. No question is silly or stupid. Almost guaranteed that if you are thinking about a question, there are many other people that also have that. So absolutely no question is out of bounds, and I'll answer all as truthfully as I can with the knowledge that I have. The show will also have the short story of the most disgusting, disturbing thing that I had to deal with as a funeral director and embalmer. Now, since the story really is pretty gross, I will be putting it at the end of the episode, and I will give a warning before I tell the story, so you can bail out at that point if you can't stomach 
well, disgusting, disturbing things. Also, the 12th chapter of Northridge High Football Camp will be out on Monday on the Jockstrap Stories podcast. And then I just have the conclusion of the book coming up the following week. And then I'll return my efforts to the guys of Northridge. The twice as long, actually, sequel to football camp. If you enjoy Northridge High Football Camp, be sure to tune in for the guys of Northridge starting at the beginning of November. Meanwhile, this is Joey Hernandez. Thank you guys for giving this episode a try. Please subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so. And please, don't forget about an Older Gay Guy Show YouTube channel. I just put a new video on the air a few days ago, and there'll be another coming this week, as well as I'm going to start doing some YouTube shorts so there can be content more often. Meanwhile, as the holiday season quickly approaches, let's keep in mind those that are alone and lonely. I'm sure we all know someone who spends this time of year cut off because they have no family or close friends. Let's be empathetic and reach out to them. Hugs to all of you, my friends. Until next time, bye for now.